Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at the New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From The New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily Today, this event is unprecedented, the National Weather Service tweeted. All impacts are unknown and beyond anything experienced. A view from the ground in Houston as the waters keep rising. It's Tuesday, August 29th. Man. I'm 61 years old. I've never seen this before since I've been here in Houston all my life. You doing okay, sir? Not really, man. I'm sore. Yeah, he's, he did a lot of work yeah, getting rescue, that water and stuff. Rescue kids. So where are you staying? Like, right here. Right, but, but like, where did you well, sleep I mean, last night? In my car. Oh, where's your car? Right over there. Uh, Jeep Compass. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sleeping in my car right now. Yeah. We were here late last night. The dump trucks kept pulling yes, up, and yeah, people yeah. were getting off yeah, and yeah. rushing in and trying to get out of the cold and the wet. And... Yes, sir. How much sleep did you get last night? I didn't sleep last night. When do you think you'll sleep again? <sighs> Probably sometime this evening. Maybe. By Monday, the third straight day of flooding, Hurricane Harvey had left much of the region underwater, and the city of Houston looked like a sea dotted by small islands. It was just coming down and coming down and coming down. You've got interstates that are partly blocked off. You have residential streets that are completely submerged in water. One of my colleagues was out with a rescue team and said their boat kept bumping into cars that were completely covered by water. Uh, You have bus shelters that are halfway submerged, and it's just an absolute drenching. My colleague Alan Blinder spent the day in downtown Houston. Houston is the nation's fourth largest city. You have Mm -hmm. millions upon millions of people in the greater Houston area. And one of the issues here, and it's going to be long debated, is that there was no evacuation order, voluntary or mandatory, Hmm. from the county, from the city. Officials here have argued there wasn't enough time. The logistics would have been crazy. To evacuate people, so many people, on such short notice. Mm -hmm. This is a storm that really only revived itself in the Gulf last Wednesday. It made landfall in Texas on Friday as a Category 4 
storm, and that was even stronger than anticipated. Right. No one knew which direction it was going to go. So it's kind of difficult to send people away from danger when you don't know where the danger is. And I think there was a real fear here. What happens when you put millions of people on the roads with so little notice? Are you setting them up to be stuck in traffic Right. when a storm like Harvey comes through? Right, and then potentially drown in that traffic. And And potentially drowning. And And there was a lot of debate in the hours before the storm hit, and a lot of people in Houston appeared to have stayed to try to ride out the storm. My name is Jacqueline Herrera, and I live in Sanco Ranch, Texas. We have been inside our home for the last 72 hours. The water is approximately 30 inches deep in the street out front and about four feet from our front door at this time. And as of this message at 4.26 p.m., We have not evacuated. Um, The entire street is evacuating house by house. There are boats pulling up, picking up people at their front doors and taking them away. Most of them have children with floaties on their arms. My husband and I and our 17 and a half year old son are still here, sandbagged in and deciding what to do. We are torn between riding it out or packing up belongings and trash bags, putting them into backpacks and calling for the boats to come. Leaving your home and all of your belongings behind is an incredibly difficult decision to make. So, Alan, you're at Houston's Convention Center, which has just been converted into a shelter for evacuees. What are you seeing there? The, the the rescued people of Houston are arriving at the convention center, usually on buses or in the back of dump trucks. Dump trucks? And dump trucks. Wow. And it's a way you can put a lot of people onto a vehicle that's high up hmm. and move them quickly. And when you're running out of vehicles and you have so many people spread around town... You use what you have, from what I can tell. So you'll see 15, 20, 30 people standing in the back of a dump truck. Mm, And they arrive at the convention center, and they they disembark, and they walk in, and they have this world open up to them of cots and dry clothes and restrooms and showers and such. There's a security check. They go through bags. They're looking for weapons, drugs, Mm. any kind of contraband. And as soon as they're through that checkpoint, which the Houston Police Department is running, they register with the Red Cross. You need to register. Are you just coming in? They're given a blanket if they want it. I mean, I talked to one woman. Excuse me. I'm a reporter from the New York Times. Are you feeling okay? Oh, yes. Very, very cold, though. Yeah. Very, very cold? Yeah, I'm anemic. Do you, do you need a doctor? No, I'm good. She was shivering so badly. <laughs> Um, they, they, they register it. I'll walk with you. Where we going? I think you're going to go register over here. Oh, okay. And that lets them into this shelter. For a lot of people, there's a mental exhaustion, a physical exhaustion setting in. So for them, any kind of place just to lay down for a little while. I'm a 
is appealing. How are you? Cold, wet, hungry, and want to get dry? <laughs> yes. We, we had a bad night last night. Yes, we did. Can you tell me about it? Man, our house got flooded with five inches of water. Everything started floating in our house. So how were you rescuing it? A helicopter? Oh, uh, eight, 18 wheeler. And they just came and got you? And... Yep. They came and got us, put us on dry land. So then they brought you over here just a few minutes ago? Yes. Were you all in that dump truck that just yes. pulled up? Yes, yes. What have the last 24 hours been like for you? Hell. You know, outside of downtown, there are continuing search and rescue operations happening here. The city has not entered into a recovery mode at this point. They're still hoping to find people. I mean, there are still helicopters and boats and and people searching, looking for people who still need to be saved. That's why there are still people flowing into Mm -hmm. the convention center. Do you have a sense of how many people have been displaced by this hurricane turned now into a tropical storm and how many people are packing into the convention center you've got thousands at this convention center alone but the fact is that fema has estimated that there are going to be about thirty thousand people who are going to need some kind of shelter in texas so because they can't because they can't stay in their homes because they can't stay in their homes they have no other place to go they can't afford a hotel they don't have family nearby they thought the waters would stay away, they would be lower, what have you. Uh, and they woke up and found themselves trapped. These are all people who had to come here because they were caught unaware, caught by surprise. They were alarmed by what they were seeing as the floodwaters just rose and rose and rose. <laughs> and, and when you say they were caught by surprise, help listeners understand what you, what you mean by that. I mean, a hurricane was barreling towards Houston and it certainly seemed like something that was going to be quite devastating. So why does it feel like so many people are startled by, by what they're seeing? I think that people I've talked to were surprised by the magnitude of the storm. The National Weather Service has called the event unprecedented. It's unlike anything that's ever been experienced here. And this is a city that was some familiarity with flooding, of course. But I think people, because of that familiarity with flooding, just thought they could ride it out. They didn't think it would be a storm where we'd be measuring rainfalls in terms of feet, not inches. I won't shake your hand since you're all bundled up. <laughs> nice to meet you, Good to meet you. I talked to one woman this morning. My name's Kapoor, and uh, we're from the north side. We talked about how she had lived in Houston for many, many years. Actually, I've just been out there about 20 years. Yeah, long, long time. Yeah, yeah. So you've been through hurricanes there before. Yes, sir, we have. But this has been one of the worst for me. Why? Because uh, I've never experienced being in the water. I mean, going helping people, yes, but as far as losing everything, uh, it's the first time that I've lost everything. Can you tell me about the last couple days for you? Uh, okay. Come it's forward and... Started at home, because I do home health care, so I had to get my patient, which is par- who's paralyzed. So we had to get him out, put him in the boat, which we had a boat in the backyard, thank God. So we put him in the boat and we, with some of our neighbors, you know, help. And we pushed him all the way to the library, which was shelter. And today they came and got us, so we've been here about an hour. What's all the stuff that you brought? What, you gotta, what, do, you, what do you have uh, with you here? We had some supplies. We had Is there a jar of mayonnaise in there? Yep. There's mayonnaise and tuna and Vienna sausages. And we have alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had alcohol. <laughs> there you go. So, 
But uh, to get us through, man, you know, it's been a little rough, but we got it. Were you relieved when you arrived here? Were you nervous? Yes, what, what, I'm still what nervous. I'm still nervous. Uh, I'm glad that we got away from all that water because it started back raining and the water was starting back to rise. So I'm glad that they did get us here, my husband and I, you know, and the rest of our friends and family. Why are you nervous being here? Uh, strange people, you know, you have to be around where your surroundings, you know, like for instance, when Katrina came, you know, I mean, there was a lot of rapes, there was a lot of, you know, like I tell people, we just have to be aware of our surroundings and just watch each other. You know, but I think they got it from past experiences. I think they got it pretty much down pat. So you're feeling pretty confident I'm, that we won't, confident. there won't be a super. No, 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 no. I feel confident in Houston, my city. <laughs> yeah. People have talked with me about it. They they know the history of what happened in New Orleans, and they're aware of it, and they're aware it could happen here. I mean, people are emotional. They are frustrated. They're sad. They've had a long few days. It, it seems like, by and large, Hurricane Harvey is being described constantly in its relativity to Hurricane Katrina. Why is that comparison being made, and is it looking like it could be as devastating as Katrina was to New Orleans? I think it remains to be seen, because you've got still days more rain coming. I think when you see pictures and videos of people being airlifted from the roofs of their houses flooding into these types of shelters, uh, seeking any kind of help they can, a lot of people automatically think back Mm -hmm. to Katrina. But I think there's a potential that this becomes a bigger calamity than Katrina, mainly because it is going to take so long for the storm to go away. Right, and I remember with Katrina that the devastation was unknowable until the water had receded. That's probably the grimmest thing of all here in Houston, is that there's a double-digit death toll now in Texas from the storm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a recognition that eventually when the authorities go house to house, they will probably find bodies. No one knows how many people didn't make it to the rooftop. No one knows how many people went to their attic to try to wait it out and didn't have a way to get out of the attic. And the most frightening thing of all to a lot of people in Houston is that the rain is not over yet. Right. I mean, it's been raining most of the day here. It rained almost all of Sunday, and we still have more to go. And back to the convention center, what are the people there preparing for? Can they see their way out of it? I think they can see a way out for some of them. I think others are really unsure of what comes next. I mean, I asked some people, you know, how long are you going to be here? Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of shrugs, a lot of I don't knows. I think they're just waiting to see what happens. They're waiting for the rain to stop. I think everyone here is. Alan Blinder, thank you very much for your time and stay safe. Thanks, Michael. See you soon. Hello, this is Jacqueline. Hey, Jacqueline, it's Michael Barbaro from the New York Times. You had left us a voicemail. Yes, I did. Saying that as of a few hours ago, you had an incredibly difficult decision to make about leaving your home, that the water outside was about to reach your door, and you had to make a call very soon about whether to stay or go. So have you made that decision? 
No, I have not. We are still here in the house and it's incredibly difficult. It doesn't get any easier as the moments go on. Mm -hmm. As the water gets closer and closer to the front door, you would think that it would be easy and it's not. It's not. How much closer is the water getting? If you look out your front door or your back door, as the case may be, what are you seeing? Um, The front door, let me go. I'm outside and it's raining, pouring, downpouring rain right now. And it's a lake. So it just looks like somebody plopped homes down in a large lake. That must be so disorienting. It's horrific and it's worse because... Usually you hear traffic where we live. Mm -hmm. All you hear now is boat motors. Hmm. Left and right, all around is boat motors. You know, you see the people coming out the front door, getting in the boat and taking off. And you're like, okay, everybody's leaving. We're staying. Is this the wrong decision? Hmm. You know, I, I Googled the town you live in. And from what I can tell, it is idyllic. I mean, it's just a beautiful neighborhood of of what looks like new homes and beautiful waterways in between them. And I wonder, is, are you living in, in your dream home and does that have anything to do with this? Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm 40 years old and this is the most amazing place I've ever lived in my whole life. And these boats, when they pull up, you, it looks like they're able to take a small bin and a backpack. That's it. So how do you choose what to put in there? We'll make that call. If it gets dark and things are getting worse and we don't want to risk it overnight, we will go. But just we're not there yet. I mean, what time is it here? 614. Mm -hmm. So we have about, in our estimation, four hours probably to make that decision. I figure... Yes, we're hold on. We're good, thank you. We're hanging out for now. Sir, when we decide we're not good, what who do we call? Okay, thank you. What? Thank you. And you turn them down. Yeah. So you said you haven't decided whether to stay or go, but if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, in a sense, you, you have decided to stay. Yes. At this time, yes. Until, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe we're stupid. I, I don't know. But it's hard to leave your entire life behind and not know what's going to happen overnight. We'll be right back. This fall, history is happening. September 14th, 2021. Hamilton, the Tony, Grammy, Olivier, and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical, returns to Broadway. Tickets are on sale now. Performances begin September 14th. Hamilton, back on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater. Learn more at hamiltonmusical.com. Here's what else you need to know today. The Times reports that shortly after Donald Trump entered the presidential race, one of his business associates promised to work with Russian President Vladimir Putin 
to put together a real estate deal for a Trump Tower in Moscow, saying, quote, I will get Putin on this program and we will get Donald elected. Felix Sater, a longtime friend of Trump's, wrote a series of emails to Trump's lawyer in 2015, bragging about his ties to Putin. Our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it, he wrote. I will get all of Putin's team to buy in on this. The tower was never built, but communications between Trump's advisors and the Putin government are now the subject of multiple federal investigations into potential collusion. And President Trump this day is issuing an executive order that will make it easier to protect yourselves and your communities. The Trump administration is allowing police departments to purchase military equipment typically used in warfare, including grenade launchers, armored vehicles, and bayonets. The executive order reverses limits put in place by the Obama administration in 2015, after a series of high-profile deaths of black men at the hands of police. These restrictions that had been opposed went too far. We will not put superficial concerns above public safety. We will do our best to get you what you need. In a speech on Monday before police officers in Tennessee, Attorney General Jeff Sessions called the military equipment life-saving gear. And we vow to do all in our power to further our resolve to protect, respect, and preserve and honor law enforcement. Those of us in leadership roles must say and do nothing that in any way increases the risk you and your colleagues face when they walk the streets of America today. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Wampley.com to learn more.